Russian doll. Uh, I'll try to be really brief on this recap. We are with our main character, Nadia, who's celebrating her 36th birthday at midnight, and she seems to be kind of just like looking down her own mortality, something that's referenced over and over again. She snaps out of it. She goes to her party. We meet her friends. Uh, her cat is missing. You know, she's kind of like acting very dark and morose she's very sexually aggressive she's very like dominant like they said she's like a good mix of uh, masculine and femininity um and as she goes through this kind of night on her birthday a couple of weird things happen but most importantly she dies and then she just wakes up at the beginning of the episode so the first and then she just relives it over again trying to figure out what's going on but she can't figure out if it's deja vu or if it's repeating itself um in the script i thought it was cool that we saw little things like note um it'd be like no she at some point she wrote a note to herself left it in the doll for her to find so there was ideas or at least an attempt to have her remember what happened and to like number it as it goes through but we never see that played out i I guess that's just like an idea that was in there um and they also tell us to like remember how she writes her eye which is something that's supposed to be like really important in terms of like her handwriting and the the actual russian dolls themselves are like a focused a lot more um the first thing i mean i really really like this show i watched i watched the whole thing and then i brought it up we we tried doing this gina one other time before but like we all kind of like were, I don't know, we got like this weird taste in our mouth like for it because it was like, I think you had mentioned it too, like you'd seen it one other, one other time too. Yeah. Um, now, I, my, one of my favorite movies ever is Groundhog Day. So when there's a movie that talks about like repeating the same day over and over, I'm like immediately in love and like it's got to be really bad for me not to like it. And this movie in particular, I, I just, the soundtrack does it for me uh the actors do it for me and the fact that it's so weird and eerie and we really don't know what the hell's going on it's just a really good setup um so like what were your thoughts the first time you saw it versus seeing it again and and reading the actual script well the first time i I guess i don't know how i feel yet about natasha leone so i always go into her projects wondering which way i'm gonna go because i sometimes i like it sometimes i don't I went into it and I was a little disappointed on my first watch and then what I did was I read the the pilot version that we had here first uh, and then I went into my rewatch and I think that really informed the way I looked at it so I actually preferred the shooting script the final version over over what we just read Mm. (laughs) I feel like what we just read was a little bit more in your face with all of the the setups like okay we're talking about russian dolls now because that's the name of the show and you know like it was just a little more on the nose yeah no i uh, i agree 
Uh, definitely a lot of stuff that like comes off where you're like, you know, it comes off the page, not even just like the on the nose stuff, but like the, the one liner jokes, like we all, I mean, it was really hard for me to like hold back and like Manny laughed too at the left eye Lopez line. And like, I think Rocco was laughing at the line before that, but, but the fact that they're like turned on by the left eye Lopez line, or it's, it's like a point of interest is, is, is a weird connection thing, but it's also, it's nostalgic. Right. And she, they talk about in there, she's like, what is nostalgia and shame have for survival purposes? And he's like, none, that's mm-hmm. not true. That that's not true at all because nostalgia, nostalgia and shame play a huge part in, and in survival in terms of like, if you do something and you're shame for it, I'm sure your natural reaction might be not to do that again, unless it's something that, unless it's something that you're attracted to and you get off on it or something. Yeah. It's going to define all your actions. Yeah. Yeah. Unintentionally, like subconsciously, it's just going to be there. Yeah. Well, do you think that speaks to the fact that it's not working for her or him yet? They're both not utilizing these, you know, what did, what did they call it? Um, it doesn't serve an evolutionary purpose. So yes. utilizing it correctly. Yeah. Just to clarify that joke, I was laughing. That I think that this script is actually really funny, but that line I don't think is funny. I think it's – I was laughing at how weird it is. It feels really weird, and, like, I get what, like, I get what it was going for, but it just feels really out of place. But everything else feels pretty, pretty good. Except- it feels, it feels really out of place in the actual show too. That's the only thing in the show when they, well, like, what I was gonna say. They, I'm they, like, Ugh. I feel like they clean up some of the dialogue between the, you know, Nadia and him, and it, it feels a lot more organic until that moment in the show, and it's like. You cut all this other stuff out. Why didn't you cut that one line? Or just at least, you, did you have to say her full name? Like, we all know who Left Eye is. We like have we a should, deal with TLC. That's who, the only way the show got greenlit. We got to bring up Lisa Left Eye. She's, a, she's, she's not a, working. She's yeah. a guest star later she's on. She's an EP. You didn't read the credits? I, 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 I do like how the joke finishes off, though. Like, I would have liked if they were like, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, left eye, right? If they would have jumped from like left eye and it's like, oh, she was always my favorite because she burned that guy's house down. <laughs> that part I like, but the fact that they go, Lisa, left eye Lopez, Lopez it's like, yeah. hey, 90s people, <laughs> the- here's a reference for you. Was, was that the only one thinking of the other guys where Michael Keaton kept saying TLC songs? Like, you got to creep. Yes. That was the, that was, <laughs> I'm the only guy? I don't think. I've, in the last 20 years, those are the only two references to TLC I've heard in movies and TV. I'm just saying. So I, 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 remember, I remember it, but I definitely wasn't thinking about that at all. It went right there. I was like, is this like a shared universe? Because I, I wa- even when I watched it again, I was like, ah, like, that just, 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 uh, you know, just bothers me. I don't know what it is about that it bothers me. Um, I think it's awesome, like, funny to note, like, this is an early draft of the pilot, but it's not too far removed from what I understand, like, they probably want another draft or two like after, after this version. Um, but a lot of the stuff that she says really early on, like, you know, fun is for suckers. Two minutes ago, I turned 36 and I'm staring down the barrel of my own mortality, you know, beats fun. It's like the choices that she makes to reflect, like reflect everything that she's doing, the staring into the mirror, staring into the door, the door that's like her own mortality that she's being, she's lost in it. And she's talking about mortality and like life and all this stuff. And when she opens that door to the rest of her mortality, she's doing it by like, doing a, a door handle that's an actual revolver, something yeah. that could take away a life. So there's all these awesome symbols. And in the script, 
it's, I mean, as you guys, you know, read and saw, there's so much description, but it's not clunky. I don't think it's clunky at all. Like, it, you know, we, we all read clunky, <laughs> not you, Gina, <laughs> we read clunky, uh, but uh, it's still like, it's nice and compact where you're like, it's giving you isolated visual moments. So you're like, oh, I can picture that. Ooh, I can picture that. Ooh, I can picture that. And it does that really well in the script, which I enjoy. But another thing that it does a lot of that I try to avoid because it feels like novel writing, it's, it puts us in the characters' heads a lot. Yeah. Which it's, it's feels weird. Novel. Well, it's very novel-esque. Like that's, that's how, like Quentin Tarantino does that a lot too, mm -hmm. where he kind of breaks it into, breaks into the character's mind and starts talking kind of like or even talking like an audience member in a sense well that's why his his scripts are 200 pages long yeah yeah but i uh, i i understand why that's that's a little bit kind of you know a little bit much in certain instances but i also think that it's it is nice for the actor to see it's like you're engaging with the director or the writer without actually having to directly engage with that you know, like, cause it's right there. And usually it'll set you up before you say a specific line. It's, it's kind of like an, ex, an overextended parenthetical, which I, I think in certain instances can definitely add some like funness to reading it, but does it actually make the script better? I don't know. I, I think it makes it. Like, I think it does. It's, it depends how you use it. Right. Cause there's a lot of stuff they do too in the description where they're asking you questions as the reader. Yeah. And that's something that I've definitely been employing more of. It's like, you know, we're in the house. Wait, Oh, is it a loft? And it's not because the writer doesn't know it's because the writer is trying to get you a different POV. And if it's like used right, like that prose is used correctly, it's very effective as a reader. But yeah. like when we look, get introduced to Stella and it's like Stella, she's a successful mixed race media artist. Think Bill, Vi uh, Bill Viola. She, she seems frenetic and unstable at first, but only because she wears her heart on her sleeve and in work along with casual drug use and unresolved yeah. sexual trauma. Holy shit. I, like, I, I honestly- but all, that, but all that sets up Stella to say happy birthday and what whatever her next lines are with at least some type of kind of headspace. I, 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 I guess, yeah. but like, I know it's actors much. that like you give that to them. They're going to be like, fuck yeah. you, bro. Like, yeah. let yeah. me figure that out myself. <laughs> like well, there's, uh, there's something different between being like, I'm giving you this. You have, you got to be dogmatic with what I'm giving you. Like uh, Kevin Smith, Kevin Smith will give you that and be like, this is who you are. This is what you're playing. This is what you say. That's that. As opposed to like, hey, here's a brief description of the character where it's enough for me to get a visualization of them and that let somebody interpret that character. So mm. I don't know. It, just, it seems overkill to me. Um, I mean, these are professional writers, so I'm talking shit about professional writers. But it, for me, it seems like overkill, um, even though it's written really well. Well, I do think that if you didn't have Amy Poehler and Natasha Leone attached to this, a newbie writer probably wouldn't have gotten this pilot picked up because you know white space is desirable when you're trying to sell a project and here you have entire pages worth of action lines I, again I don't think that if they didn't have celebrity names attached to this that it would have had the same response but you can get away with all of that extra description when you have Amy Poehler attached yeah <laughs> there's probably but, also a lot too that they're trying to like put into the pilot that because you're trying to like explain a series 
So it's like mm-hmm. you're going to overly explain certain aspects in the pilot because you know things are going to get cut for the later. You know, like your pilot Everything's might, set up. It's constant setup. Yeah. So you might, they, she, they might have added in as much stuff to make sure that the concept is, because it, it, they do overly explain and, and there's actually a lot more questions raised in the first episode than there is. Like they kind of explain to you what's going on in this script as opposed to the first episodes, a lot more like it ends with a question. So there might be some of that too in there where it's like, we're reading almost like a pitch slash. It does feel very pitchy. Yeah. I love the, I love the uh, sound effects descriptions because when you read this and then you watch the show, you're like, ah, I mean, they play such an important part and they're not coupled together. They're all, those are all spaced out. It's like, this is important sound for us to remember for the director, for the actors, for what's going on. And they pace what's, you know, what's going on. And the water, the faucet, all that play a huge role, the fish, the tank, like water is such a huge thing of symbolism throughout the entire thing um, mm. from, from the very beginning, whether she's, um, you know, drowning, coughing up water, her face is wet. Um, vagina's wet. Vagina's wet. <laughs> like every everything, like there's, it's constantly like, hey, we're, we're drowning in something, yeah. right? And saying it, I mean, now that you say it like that out loud, it's like the vagina is the home of like life too, right? Like give life. So a lot of the stuff- And in cats the- hate water. I don't know why that applies, but it yeah, does. But you know what they say in the, in the show that they don't say in the script? She talks about the door and Stella commissioned Lizzie to make the door, I believe in the actual, the actual pilot on Netflix. Yeah. And she says, what do you think of the door to Nadia? And she's like, oh, you know, it's, it's cool or whatever. She's like, is it vaginal enough? They, so they do, they do another reference to the vagina and like mm-hmm. life and mortality and stuff. So there's like all these cool things that connect in that first episode. Um, so what are, what, are, what are a couple of things that you guys preferred or liked in the script versus the actual shot pilot or didn't like? Um, Alan, I, I like the fact that uh, she goes on this pseudo date with this guy, and it turns into like, oh, it's like, oh, we're not gonna have sex. He's like, what? And then he like murders her. <laughs> I don't know that that makes that makes it very eerie. At that point, she was like, I kind of hope this guy wants to fuck me because this is very getting really weird. So I don't know. It, it gives her like an antagonist. So like when she goes back to the party, it's kind of like she kind of knows in her mind a little bit. Like I think there's a guy trying to murder me, so that raises the stakes. I think. Mm. Yeah. But in the show, uh, because if I recall, Alan wasn't there, right? Yeah, no. No. But I like that they brought in her ex in the actual show. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure which I like more because I actually really did like the Alan angle that we were reading. But I know that whenever you throw an ex into the mix, there's going to be heightened stakes because will they or won't they? Mm. So I did like her ex being present in, in the actual finished pilot but i'm curious to know what the the male perspective is here when i was watching as a woman i thought almost every single man on screen with maybe the exception of veron um was a hardcore creep is that not what you guys thought or oh, oh totally i just didn't think you were gonna say it <laughs> Okay, no, he's pretty awful. Yeah, they were bad. It was, it was, Everyone's um, pretty sexual in this show, and I think that's – that. I, 
it, it was even, the fa- like yeah it was, it was the family guy uh joke of um like every white guy in a spike lee movie where they just go rah, rah, rah. like every guy was just like he was sexist he was like hey legs you couldn't see her legs she's short she's wearing blo-. like it was very misogynistic just to be misogynistic like little things like that or the guys like i don't know but I, but I think that's that's to highlight like that's an everyday thing for a lot of women yeah, so it's but, like it's like you can be a respectable, successful m- woman dressed the way she's dressed in it, and you're yeah. still going to put up with that shit. I guess, uh, but the, there wasn't really any. Was there any likable guys except maybe the Ferran, guy who Ferran. Was, who's not really a character? He's Ferran, like a, and then the people that she says hello to as she's going, but we're not meant to focus on them because they're described in the script as like some cool and some really weird. Maybe the which I, is why I think they actually brought like. Like they brought the ex into the actual show just because he he was like a little bit of a relief of a character, at least like he had a little little bit of dimension. But he also but he also does a little bit of a dick like man thing. He's like gonna say, yeah. You're not good at metaphors. It's just like it's a simile asshole, didn't I say like uh, and a couple other things. That That was that was Alan. That was That's Alan in the script, but in the the show show, the 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 ex does it. The ex does it. Yeah. Okay. But the in the show what the ex does is you know offers to do a nice it's the ultimate quote-unquote nice guy move where he offers to do a nice thing and she genuinely thinks he's going to take her out and look for the cat that's what to do and and they get outside and he says oh i thought this was just an excuse to get me home so yeah together like no 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 no. she actually told you you were gonna look for the damn cat oh i thought cat was a metaphor because that was the whole (laughs) metaphor thing we were talking about I, i read that wrong you, you know what's really cool that at that point she because something different is happening she feels like you know she was having just some weird deja vu thing because then he saves her from the cab and I fucking love that she walks away and she's like oh fucking cab going by and I'm like oh god that's like so dark because it's like you almost died again and it's like so he just saved you so to me that's like super super dark speaking of that uh, my favorite part in the whole episode is just the hand gesture they do it's like do I know you Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, fuck off. <laughs> I, I was trying not to do that during the reading. I was like, all right, yeah, that's a good response. So there's no Ruth in the actual pilot. No, there episode. is. There is. No. She's there for, for like she? one scene. Okay, but she's she doesn't have all that shit. She's not she's not as Harvey Firestein as that. She's like she's really toned down and she's like barely in it. But she doesn't have all this stuff because she has like like a couple pages of like dialogue here, right? It's literally the piss in the shower thing, I think. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. She just doesn't come piss back in the shower. Time, right? I piss in the shop. Yeah, that's pretty much how it goes. <laughs> she had a couple lines. I'm sure she comes back in later episodes. She definitely was cut down, cut way down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I finished it, so like, it's it's Does it's Alan a ride. Does that Alan guy come in at any point? There, or there's no? a different twist on that. Like, if you uh, if you watch it, like it it grows to be something completely different. One oh, thing no. I will point out, and I don't know if since you've seen the show maybe this comes into play later and they do something else with it but i feel like they whitewashed a lot of this because even in the script it's written that mike is supposed to be an african-american intellectual professorial type and instead they chose like the creepiest batman villain of a guy yeah hey mike and Uh, it does look like jack nicholson a little bit like a, like a kind of chubby Jack Nicholson with the hair and going the back, way he sounded yeah. and spoke. Uh, he was a going creep. back to what you were saying, Gina. Like he did, the guy didn't play it like anything other than he's creepy. He's like, yeah, okay. Like the whole <laughs> but time. But to be he looked, fair, what line? Like the lines that were given to him were 
pretty like but you could yeah. say the you could say those lines and be likable you know you could be like wow you're what you can make it funny instead of like <laughs> <laughs> you could say anything and make it likable if you try as long as you make it into a question <laughs> <laughs> yeah. or concern wow you're what you should see a doctor <laughs> no, oh my god he's not like ben shapiro okay <laughs> wow <laughs> sorry <laughs> that, that whole thing really bothered me <laughs> but <laughs> the things you mentioned before that I disagree with a little bit is that the fact that they were overtly sexual is what made them creepy. I I agree with what Rocco just said in that if you play it well, that comes across as charming. Only on screen. It very rarely works in person, but it can be charming on screen. It, it was not played that way, and because I haven't seen the rest of the series, I don't know if that was intentional or just forecasting or... Or, so, so the real question: Would we feel weird about him saying the things he said if he was more of an attractive man? Well, somebody, some people, I would. Will find, some people might find him attractive, though. So, I, I will, I'll take it back to this: Like we always talk about, and we are very, very good about hammering. Like, why are things happening? Why are people making the choices that they make? So, the choices that are made in this pilot, I can tell you now, if you watch the rest of it, are definitive choices for a reason. So all these characters, they, they play a part. And the way they all kind of connect the dots moving forward is pretty, is pretty damn cool. Now, it did end. I hope so. If it's a professional it, level production, I it's, hope it's, so. it, it, it did. Well, I mean, there's so many shows that, like, try to set up and juggle so many characters and give them all arcs, mm -hmm. and they don't really, like, flesh out. Right. And this, does, guess, no. this, does it in, this does it in a way where you're, you're kind of like, oh, everybody definitely played a part in – what's going on and how time unfolds and why it keeps repeating and you know who else is involved in the time loop and like all this all this stuff that she starts realizing and because she starts to remember each time it like gives you all these other clues where you're like oh i remember that from that time i remember that from that time and it's you're able to piece it together in a very different way from something like uh groundhog day because he had like you know, probably 10,000 years in that movie or something like that, right? And we don't get to see all that stuff. And in this movie, it's almost like they make sure, or in the show, they want us to see almost every single time that she dies and all the things that she's trying to do. Because then once she realizes, you know, a part of what's going on, then she's limited with time because it's like how much can she do and accomplish in that time in that day with all these people that she meets and, you know, who, who does she – piece together what are the choices that she makes that make her get out of this time loop or make her understand it so it's it's definitely a very compelling show i mean when it ended i kind of was like aqua <laughs> do i have to go again like do i have to watch it again because it's deep it's like very deep and existential there's gonna be a second series or was it just i believe it was greenlit, greenlit for a second season yeah okay yeah. season that's what i meant to say yeah yeah i, I <laughs> believe it was season two is just season one again <laughs> that's what i'm expecting Boom. but from stella's perspective so they changed stella is maxine right in the the final pilot that we were uh, able to uh yes, 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 yes. Oh, I, I didn't even know her name on that i thought it was yeah, the same yeah. Name. yeah yeah i lost it for a second because again i read the script and then i immediately watched the pilot and i was like who are you oh you're stella equals maxine yeah yeah i mean um yeah. At least they kept her mixed race. She was like the one person, right? <laughs> yeah, um, but but as the show goes on, that that changes. Okay, she, she's well, not mixed race good. anymore. 
Yeah, because well, well, we get we get we get more char we get more characters. Oh, yeah, okay, sorry. Trapped in the loop. Yeah. My mind went a totally different way. And and I and I believe that's the reason why that Mike character was changed to a white guy because we meet other characters. I, yeah, that, I think they saved him for later, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, that, yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that makes me feel a little better. I may continue watching. Yeah, well, no, it's it's really good and it's really smart writing. I mean, the thing that. And you said it earlier on with uh, with Natasha. It's like I really like her, but sometimes it's like it's like she's kind of she's kind of cartoonish a little bit. Yeah, talks, it's like, like it's oh, like it's like I don't buy it all the time. Where I'm just like I get I know you're cool. You're fucking cool. Natasha plays Natasha. So I'm not saying that that's not a skill in and of itself. It's just that her characters are almost always very similar i've seen her maybe once or twice where she tries to be something other than a new yorker you know but she's very very new york natasha is new york. they're one and the same there's just a couple of those like that you know we talked about the left eye thing there's a couple of lines where i'm just kind of like eh. but i did like it little things like the whole thing where like with the uber thing like she's real slick with the uber thing um like those lines when they're talking about like fucking sitting, sitting on each other's face you know, like that shit to me is hilarious because that feels like off the cuff like them flirting and being natural uh, so that was another thing with the in the in the show that's way funnier where she goes um when he goes like yeah people are just like weird about ass play i was telling my student she's like i don't i don't want to know what you do with your students and ass play i don't yeah yeah <laughs> don't tell me about that <laughs> That was also very, very telling. Um, but it's a fun script, you know? And then, like, my takeaway from it, and we'll wrap this up, my takeaway from it really is, like, being able to, like, if I'm going to write a note or I'm going to do a character description in there and, like, try to be all fancy with prose, uh, I think if I can keep it to three lines, like a lot of these descriptions are, you know, it's something that I might want to choose to leave in. And then Rocco, for, like, stuff that we were just working on before, and Manny, like, like the sound stuff, like, this is a very effective way to be, like, sound effects, Da -da 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 -da, like you know put it that way as opposed to like let's bullet point a whole montage and let's write a whole paragraph of this or this or this is going on and breaking it up and it's like no nah, we don't even have to do that it's like just pick your sound effect say it's a sound effect keep it on there like it's a super and that's gonna it, it reads nice and clean so i like i like the i like the reading of the script even though it had some mistakes in it because i'm sure it's a older version of the pilot um because it reads clean we get to see you know this character make choice after choice because she doesn't know if she's in a loop or deja vu. Um, I like how they, they refer to the infinity loop because the infinity loop is called the Mobius strip and how they talk about it in coding and in um, uh, was it astronomy. What the hell is it? It's an astronaut? Astrophysicist. <laughs> astrophysicist. Um, so there's all these cool physics. Astrophysics. And then the Russian doll is another kind of break off of that because Every time you open one, there's another one, and another one, and another one, and another one. Yeah. So also very cool. Uh, any takeaways or things you guys learned, might use, might not use, that you want to pipe in on before we get off? I mean, for me, I just I like seeing um, the progression of script to screen. So we've mentioned it a couple times. I think they really smoothed out the dialogue, and it became much more natural uh, once they reached the shooting stage. and. Um, you know, the, the cast obviously brings their own personalities and it makes it feel a little bit a less clunky. You know, we said that when we were reading it, it felt clunky. And I think a lot of that had to do with, uh, aside from the fact that it was just a chunk of text there, 
a lot of it had to do with the fact that the dialogue wasn't natural in this draft and it became much more natural and suited to the characters by the time it reached the screen. So I like seeing that progression. Sweet. Rocco? Uh, kind of took all the good shit. Uh, <laughs> I like the sound effects thing. That was a good idea. Uh, you like the way they used the, the, the formatting and the, the style to put that in, the structure? I could, take, I could say the things that I didn't like the most were just the fact yeah. that, like, the over-description of, like, Hot you know, she, she's a cool guy or something like that. I'm like, show me that she's cool. Don't, like, she's one of the good ones or stuff like that. Because, like, like, yeah, if you did write that in a script, they'd be like, yeah, this guy is cool. He had something in the third grade. But, like, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? I love, yeah. I love how people shit on, like, certain screenwriting books. Like, they'll be like, oh, don't read Save the Cat, that's like the that's like the dumbest starting off point, and it's like, but that idea of show me, don't tell me, like that's a very like save the cat thing, and that's in every screenwriting book. It's like if we see somebody doing something, we get to know a lot more of their personality because everything they do is a character reveal. So, you know, like you said before, like th there's a lot of like description, and it, it reads nice, but had you taken out the description of those characters, you might have been down like five pages. Mm. And you, you, you would, you would, I think you would have got though too what they were saying just by like their by their dialogue. You'd be like, oh, okay, I get what this person's about instead of having to be like, she's a bohemian and this is her backstory. And like, okay. yeah, there's definitely plenty of times where they over-explain something because they're trying to set up the person that they have in their mind as opposed to kind of letting the audience slowly get to know that character and then start building them up. You know, the the concept that usually when you when you introduce a character, you're supposed to explain them. They seem to just go a little bit overboard with explaining stuff that isn't relevant to the scene itself, mm -hmm. which then seems a little bit, I guess, jarring when you're reading it. I think it's funny, honestly. <laughs> like the 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 person, the the writer telling me like she's cool is like, all right, so she's the cool girl. Like I get that. Like that just clicks in my head. And for me, just because like when she goes in the party, it's like, oh, she's the person that everyone likes. She's the per she's Miss Congeniality in a sense at that environment. So like that's that's the stuff that kind of pops into my head. Um, but I also feel like I, I think you guys were kind of saying this, but like, uh, what, what's her name again? Natasha, Natasha uh -huh. Leone. I typically she I feel like she plays that type of character that she's always playing in most movies because she's usually like the side character or like just the funny one on the side kind of thing. Yeah. I feel like this is like basically like what if that side character has been smoking and just being cool on the side the entire time now is 36 and is staring in the mirror. Like it's, it's kind of a reflection on that. It seems like, mm -hmm. and I think that's where some of the charm kind of comes from, but yeah, it, it definitely translates a lot better when you're watching it on screen with these people interacting the way they're actually interacting as opposed to some of the dialogue. But yeah, there's definitely some things to be said about having, you know, a whole page of, of description. I think it's, some, a, of, it's, it, some it's... of it may not be completely necessary, but I also think, you know, they, the way that it's written, it's written well enough that, it's fun to kind of read, right. but well, I, I get why you want to, sh you know, keep things as clean as possible. And you know. it's subjective and it's a style choice. And Gina said before, you know, because it's Natasha and Amy Poehler and it's like, they're yeah. going to get away with a little bit more than, than, you know, the, the up and coming writer. I just like something that we've been trying to employ a lot, like little, 
tactics like that I was, you know, that I've learned in screenwriting and all this stuff. It's like being able to like describe something all the way through with like, you know, with brevity. So like if someone is eating, a, like if someone's going to eat a piece of cake and we want to talk about them in there, like eating a piece of cake, as opposed to saying like, you know, Rockless sits there, uh, picks up the fork, he shoves the cake in his mouth, he chews it, he's really enjoying it. It's like, there's a whole paragraph there of us showing this action. And I could easily go, you know, Rocco lifts the fork with the spoon for a cake, puts it in his mouth, period. The next word, delicious, period. Yeah. Like we set up the A, the B happens in the audience's mind, and then we give them the C. So like, that's a trick that I like to employ when we're writing, because it's like, we can take an entire three line thing and say, all right, let's just cut, let's cut a part out. Let's cut a out or cut c out or a it doesn't matter it's just a, it's a math equation that the reader can put together in their head it's like oh puts it in his mouth next word delicious period oh it's like, funny you say that it, because it they them. actually have moments in the script where it's just like one word sentences so they they like uh, they do it th it's like in small amounts of places but then there's just certain parts where it's like i'm gonna explain every single <laughs> branch on this tree but to be to be fair, there are certain things that seem to be very important to the like atmosphere, like the specific photographers, like you know, photographed mm -hmm. by these specific mm -hmm. people. So I guess that type of stuff, I guess, makes sense. Um, and then there's certain moments that just like <laughs> like a chair covered in fluffy penises. That's that's totally to make someone laugh. Like that's not there for any other purpose but to just make you giggle while you're reading the script. It's you know, like the, I. Well, tell you the, type, be, the, time, the type, the type of people that are in the scene. Yeah, but it already right? kind of set that up with all the different pieces of art and like how you know. I'm just saying. There's which goes back. Like, it just goes back to the this other person thing. knows everything they want in this scene when they're writing it. Which, to be fair, like I can't, I, I can't visualize a scene that detailed. So, but obviously, the entire episode is replaying in this place. So, there's got to be some importance to all that stuff. Yeah. All right. Cool. Anybody got anything else? Rocco, did you hate it less this time? Because, you know, you hated it last time. I just, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I'm watching it and then I like laughed like one time. I'm just like, all right, I get what you're doing. Cool, cool. I don't really like her character for a person who like is trying to save her cat the whole time. She doesn't really have a save the cat moment at all. I'm just like, all right, yeah, she's ironic. Like, she's told, I'm told she's likable, but I don't like her. Friends are like, yeah, all right. Like the funniest thing I thought was the guy just, you know, like, fuck off. That was all I got. And and the ending I liked a lot more in the script. Mm. Uh, that that was it. And like the, there was a lot of those moments where I'm just like, ah, oh, they're characters. I get it. She's cartoony. People are like, ah, we're bad. But, you know, and then it ends just like, all right, now I'm going to walk off. <laughs> cool. What's going to happen next? Oh, God. Well, I'm glad we were able to give it a second chance because all of us had watched it the first time and all of us had really different reactions the first time than to the second time. What I will say about pilots is that, you know, you guys have been mentioning it many times over in the written uh, script, but also in the, the final version. It really is a ton of setup and you just kind of have to get through it to understand. It's rare that you're going to have a pilot that is perfect and enjoyable and not over expository I don't you know this is definitely a lot of setup and sometimes that's hard to wade through yeah yeah no I agree I agree um all right that was fun thank you for joining us thank you for giving us a different perspective and hopefully we can 
uh, fool you into doing another one of these on uh, the next, uh, you know. Do another uh, episode of Shit's Creek and I will do it. <laughs> I would do it. wants to. I told them once they watch it because they've only seen the pilot. Yeah. And, and I like I was I was fighting them because I love it so much. So I said, once you guys watch it, we'll do another episode. So when we do uh, that. Um, if you want to do another Amy Puller kick, um, Parks and Rec is an amazing, amazing Oh. Show. Oh. Yeah, I would. That is if true. If we can but... find a later, like, yeah, because the first season's kind of weird. Should we get like Agreed. season two or three? Not that I actually, you know, when you rewatch it, it's way more tolerable when you fall in love with the characters. But like, Agreed. it's rough. But that that goes back to speak what we were talking about, or you know, wow, that was in English. <laughs> back to what we were just talking about. The it takes a while for the show to find its footing. So, yeah, you yeah know, they clearly wanted to make this another shot. They clearly in Parks and Rec wanted to make like the Mark Brandanowitz character a bigger character, and like no one liked him. Well, it was supposed to, it was supposed to it was gonna be like in the Office universe at one point, and then they just like ah, it's because it's because he was the Mike character. You the, those people were like you. They didn't find him attractive enough to to be a dickhead to be a dickhead okay. and keep coming back. They even kind of. I'm sorry, I go. No, I was just going to say, I don't know who else here is attracted to men, but I did. I wasn't that upset by Mark Landanowitz. I was a little upset when he left, but um, I get where you're going with right. that. Right, right. I'm voting that if you do that show and do not bring me on, I will be very angry with all of you. We, we, will, we, will, we will bring you on, and we're actually going to try to do like – more people so it's not like like poor manny bro poor manny i can't believe how much reading you had to do tonight i'm that sorry hard. rocco did hard. you do that on purpose or did you just randomly pick stuff no, i i randomly picked stuff but i gave man <laughs> i gave manny the oddly sexy things because i figured he would feel uncomfortable talking about sitting Thanks. on people's faces <laughs> <laughs> but great job though because that was a hell of a lot of text that you had to wade through uh script club noda peace out we know it all or nothing at all. We know it all or nothing at all. We know it all or nothing, no script. We know it all or nothing, no maybe we're still learning. Middle chatter in my head is simply has it. It's something in the back of this crowd talking to myself, pretending that I'm pantomiming to the wall. It's clear that the moment gets inside of me, I'm looking at the floorboards. Oh, panic attacks, you're such a mirage. How you dance around the mind.